Welcome to Better Animal Handling, episode 185. From the center of Missouri, USA, I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog and in-training co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on training methods for animals. Our topics for this week are Training methods for predatory animals. Training methods for prey animals. And misuse of treats and training. Training animals to be handled should be the major part of preparing young animals to become socialized with humans. The most effective means of training depends on the species and what is to be learned. Success at training is dependent on animal genetics, observational learning from its mother, and the quality of handling it receives prior to puberty. The foundation for success at handling and training animals includes selection of a young animal that is an offspring of parents that have been willingly receptive to their own training, a mother that has been properly socialized to humans and is quietly handled in the offspring's presence, which provides for observational training of the offspring, and also general repeated handling of the young animal during its critical socialization period. Either positive reinforcement which is adding a reward such as food treats, or negative reinforcements, which is removal of a noxious stimulus, are used to instill trained behaviors. The timing of either reinforcement is critical. They should be within three seconds of the behavior to be reinforced with a treat or discouraged with a reprimand. Late negative reinforcement becomes simply punishment which can lead the animal to becoming aggressively defensive or developing a helplessness attitude that inhibits further learning. Small predatory companion animals, dogs and cats, can be trained effectively with positive reinforcement. Their natural behavior is to investigate or hunt sources of food and then be rewarded by food when the hunt is successful. Misbehavior within their social group is corrected by immediate warning, a growl or hiss, followed, if needed, by a sharp, brief, vocal, or physical reprimand by a more socially dominant member of the group. The reprimands must not be injurious, and proper timing is essential. The most effective handlers emulate this with food treats for desired behavior and sharp, brief reprimands, vocal or physical, such as a tug on a training collar, 
when needed for inattention or misbehavior. Treats for positive reinforcement of dogs should be about the size of a pea to a grape and able to be eaten quickly. It should be a treat that the dog does not get at any other time. Food treats should be gradually supplanted with tactile and voice rewards, particularly if the dog is to become a working dog or a guardian or a support companion animal. Adversive behavior are commonly associated with shock collar training. Large prey animals like horses and cattle can also be effectively trained to do tricks with positive reinforcement or food treats. However, this method can teach them to be a nuisance and dangerous since it can eliminate the animal's respect for human personal space that's needed for safer handling of larger species. Food rewards are impractical for training horses for work and performance since carrying and providing treats is not possible when the work or performance is in progress. Herd animals are also rewarded by being left alone by more dominant members of the herd. Work and performance horses are trained by providing a stimulus to elicit an action. The reward is an opportunity to rest. Behavioralists term this negative reinforcement carrying an erroneous connotation that punishment is involved. Trainers refer to this as pressure and release, a more descriptive phrase than negative reinforcement. For horses, the most desirable reward that is safe for a human to easily provide within three seconds is an opportunity for the horse to rest undisturbed. It should be remembered that excessive handling can be harmful by exhausting young animals physically and mentally and may break down respect for the handler and his personal space. Advanced training of mature or mature domestic animals provides shaping, breaking a task to be learned into small pieces which are gradually refined. The refined small pieces of trained activity are then performed in sequence, a process referred to as chaining. Adversive training methods should be avoided, but sometimes what is aversive is conditional. For example, spurs are used to train horses for lateral movement, and choke or prong collars are used in dogs to regain a distracted dog's attention. Spurs Choke collars and prong collars can be aversive, but they are not if used with correct timing and with the minimum effort to elicit an intended response. Counterconditioning is rewarding no response. Counterconditioning is useful in training animals to accept something that might otherwise cause a fearful reaction. Counter-conditioning is beneficial in training dogs and cats to accept veterinary hospitals, veterinary examinations, nail trims, blood collection, injections, and transport crates. Rewards are typically highly desired food treats, such as chicken or turkey baby food, peanut butter, 
or squeeze cheese. Habituation and desensitization are similar training methods. Habituation is providing a steady stimulus that causes an undesired response until no response occurs. Desensitization is using a repeated stimulus with increasing intensity until no response occurs. Habituation and desensitization are often used to eliminate a flight reaction to a fearful stimulus in prey animals, particularly horses. Another technique called flooding is used to habituate or desensitize an animal by rapidly presenting several stimuli until mental exhaustion and no response occurs. Flooding is used in cult starting contests to demonstrate rapid results for entertainment purposes, but flooding by itself is a poor training technique with short-lived results. If you have comments or are interested in particular animal handling subjects, contact us at cbc at betteranimalhandling.com. Now let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Positive reinforcements, treat rewards, Work well for training predators, such as dogs. Negative reinforcement, also called pressure and release, work best for training prey animals to work, such as horses. Using treats to train prey animals can be hazardous due to the risk of losing a respectful and safe distance from handlers and impatient nipping. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling can be found in my recent books, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, Concise Textbook of Small Animal Handling, and Concise Textbook of Large Animal Handling, all published by CRC Press and available on Amazon and from many other fine book supply sources. Additional information is provided at betteranimalhandling.com. This website has more than 150 podcasts with notes on handling of dogs, cats, other small mammals, birds, reptiles, horses, cattle, small ruminants, swine, and poultry. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about the natural behavior of reptiles. Hey, Abby, do you know why reptiles have so many scales? She said that it's because they're paranoid about gaining weight.